Welcome to Ripstop on the Record, a podcast where fabric enthusiasts and DIY gurus discuss all things make your own gear, with the occasional poor attempt at comedy to keep it interesting. I'm Kyle Baker, the owner and founder of Ripstop by the Roll, and we're excited to have you listening. It's Kyle and episode 29 of the Ripstop on the Record podcast. We also have Jameson uh, with us today. What's up? No, it's a big deal when the big man himself is on the episode. We've got founder, owner, and CEO of Ripstop by the role, Kyle Baker on the pod today. Kyle, welcome back to the mic. Yes, yes. Good to be here. Always good to be in, uh, the, on the mic and on the episodes. And we're always glad to have you. So why is this episode so special, special enough that we brought Kyle in? Today, we are talking with William Smith and Keith McDaniels from DSM, also known as the parent company behind Dyneema. Earlier today, I was making this outline and I was trying to do some research on what DSM stood for. That answer, unfortunately, is nowhere to be found online, but we did get the answer in the episode. But I did find that the official name for DSM is Koninklijk. DSM, which stands for Royal. So we officially have royalty with us today. Kyle, did you uh, you brushed up on your Dutch before? Uh, Dutch is that like waffles? Oh no, I'm sorry. That's that's Belgium. Bel- Belgian, isn't it? No, actually, I did. All that to say, they're a super big deal. We talked to DSM for the first time about a year ago on episode three. So go back to listen to that one if you already haven't. Now, a little precursor. This episode will get a little technical. We'll use phrases like ultra high molecular weight polyethylene and talk about fiber technology and other semi-nerd stuff. So don't get bored yet. We'll make sure everything is digestible for wherever you are in your fabric journey, makers, cottage vendors, and everyone in between. This podcast is listened to by all sorts of people. So be set. You're going to love what we have to offer here. As always, be sure to check in on all of our content. You can free fabric every Friday and gain all sorts of skills, tips, and knowledges to help you make gear that you've been dreaming of through our value-based content. All right, this is episode 29, and you're listening to Ripstop on the record. So today we are joined with William and Keith. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Would you tell us who you are, what you do for DSM, and then where you live? Yeah, my name is William Smith, and I work in our CPP group, which is Consumer and Professional Protection. Uh, And under that group, we are basically responsible for cut-resistant gloves and sleeves, apparel, and uh, and our composite fabrics. Uh, And I actually live in Raleigh, North Carolina, right down the road from you guys. Go Wolfpack. Go Wolfpack. My name's name's Keith McDaniels. I'm uh, the Global Product Coordinator for our Fabrics and Composites. And uh, I work in uh, Mesa, Arizona. Where did you go to school, Keith? You're not part of the Wolfpacking, are you? <laughs> no, I went to uh, Arizona State University. <laughs> Sun Devils. This is exciting. There is a commonly used phrase floating around for generic UHMWPEs. And one thing I want to ask you all to sort of start to tackle is what sets Dyneema apart from other fabrics? Because other fabrics can be UHMWPE, but they're not all Dyneema. And those are not necessarily interchangeable terms in a very easy way. Could you start to define that a little bit more for us? What does that mean? How does, how does Dyneema separate itself from other ultra PE fabrics? 
Sure. Um, just just to make sure everybody, you know, just for clarification and, and just kind of a little bit of background, Dyneema obviously is the brand, right? So DSM owns the brand Dyneema. Um, it's an ultra high molecular weight polyethylene. Um, and we basically invented it. And it's, it's been around for many, many, many years, used in numerous applications, um, anywhere from, you know, ropes and, and nettings all the way through to apparel, cut-resistant gloves, ballistic vests, and so forth. Um, so Dyneema as a whole is, is the brand. But underneath the brand, um, what we do is we make fiber, right? It's, it's basically filament fiber um, of Dyneema. And that fiber is made in numerous different locations around the world, anywhere from Asia to Europe to the U.S. Um, and so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting fiber simply because it can go into numerous different applications, and we're really looking at it in new ways, uh, new and putting it in new things, um, looking at different ways that we can really bring value to the market. Um, and underneath Dyneema, we've got a couple of new technologies that we're looking at called diamond technology. So it's Dyneema diamond technology. And what that is, is basically a good example of, of diamond, uh, of diamond products are in the cut resistant glove world, for instance, where if you're looking for lower weight, higher cut protection, for instance, that's where diamond could really play a role. Um, we're looking at diamond products in the apparel market where you're looking for, for higher high tear strengths, but also looking for ease of dye or ease of putting coatings, um, really making it um, really user friendly. Uh, so and we also have recently launched BioBase, which is one of our newer technologies. So on the diamond technology, as well as our regular Dyneema, uh, you can now get that as BioBase. So there's really a lot of different things that you can do with Dyneema, depending on the markets you're going at. Just to clarify, uh, I want to make sure everyone is very familiar and, and up to date on exactly our diamond technology. Uh, today, we have what we call a diamond 1.0 product, which is, which is what's the original diamond technology that was, uh, that was produced with proprietary uh, technology. And then we recently rolled out in 2020, we rolled out a product called diamond 2.0. And to give a good example, the same denier at, well, I'm sorry, a 725 denier to achieve a certain cut level can actually be made with a 560 denier diamond 2.0. So you're able to actually get improved performance with lower deniers using diamond 2.0. Uh, a good example in gloves, another digestible example, we can actually go to an A4 cut level with no reinforcements, uh, no steel, no fiberglass, basalt or tungsten. And with, you know, achieving that with no reinforcements. The same technology using Diamond 1.0, we can get to an A3, which is slightly lower uh, from a cut level standpoint. One of the new innovations that we, we launched recently in 2021 was a new technology, new denier, uh, 300 denier and a 400 denier. And this product actually is made in Asia. The, the DPF or denier per filament is slightly different. So it's a, a slightly different technology. Um, the good thing is, is that you get very good performance from a cut resistance standpoint, but also abrasion, tensile and tears. But the exciting thing is, it's actually a little cheaper. So we can actually produce it from there a cost standpoint, a little less, uh, which should make the listeners pretty happy. Um, so we've got the ability to make diamond technology uh, in Asia and able to produce it, a, a, you know, at a slightly better price. That's great.
So just in summary, you've got Diamond 1.0, you've got Diamond 2.0, but we also are launching the new deniers in our new technology made in Asia. And that will fall under Diamond Technology. Great. Thank you for, uh, for clarifying that. And what does that mean, William, that it's uh, when you say it's, it's bio-based? What, what does that mean? It actually is made from wood pulp. So uh, most of your um, polyethylenes are made are fossil fuel based, right? And the word going around the globe right now is sustainability, you know, lower carbon footprints. Um, So we're really looking at how DSM and Dyneema, how can we help that? How can we help the planet? And so we are extremely excited that we've launched launched the bio-based Dyneema. We're the only supplier in the world that provides bio-based Dyneema. And it's actually made from wood pulp. How long that, that must've been a, uh, a serious undertaking, right? I mean, I know it's something yeah. that you guys have been talking about for, for years. Um, right. And it's been a question to the marketplace. It's like, Oh, well, I mean, just to lay all the cards on the table, isn't this plastic? Um, but you know, <laughs> you guys started digging into to that problem and, and coming up with a solution. But I know that it, uh, it's been years in the making. Yeah, and DSM has always been extremely environmentally conscious. Um, we're very proud of that. Um, all of our manufacturing locations are run off you know, renewable energy, for instance. We're 100% renewables from solar to wind um, and so forth on basically worldwide. So bio-based Dyneema was the next logical step in that evolution, right? And our goal is by, you know, in the next anywhere from five to 10 years to be 100% bio-based Dyneema. Um, We think that's very important. We think it does help the environment and the amount of carbon, carbon reduction that we see on a yearly basis producing as many pounds and tonnage as we produce, it's significant. Got it. That's awesome. Keith, you want to add anything to that? Uh, sure, I can add that. Uh, the, so the, the interesting part of the technology is the, the wood pulp is turned into ethylene, right? And so actually what we're able to do is use that ethylene um, without any impact to the properties of, of the fiber. Um, and that, that's how we were able to seamlessly transition this, this bio-based raw material into our, our current um, products is that that feedstock um, there's really chemically no difference um, at that moment. It's turned into ethylene between, you know, it coming from crude oil versus uh, it coming from the wood pulp. So, um, yeah, pretty interesting technology we got um, running there. Yeah, we're very proud of that. Um, and, you know, we're also looking at other projects internally with, you know, recycled Dyneema and things like that. So we're not just stopping with, with bio-based, we're looking at how we can really, really impact the environment and, and look at different ways outside of the bio-based side. You're on the, the leading edge of, of innovation, right? You've, you've put in the, the legwork, so to speak, to um, do the engineering and have the product that, that brings more value to the marketplace, right? Um, but now that you've done that, you're looking to, to innovate in other ways. And uh, it sounds like that uh, one of those ways is, is creating a more sustainable um, fiber. That's great. Absolutely. So let's roll it back Absolutely. if we could to Dyneema Diamond, because I think this is something that's that's new information. And it's definitely new. Mm-hmm. It was new for me um, as uh, as recently as 30 days ago. So it sounds like it sounds like what you're saying. And I'd correct me if I'm wrong. Um 
it sounds like what you're saying is that Dyneema Diamond is a similar fiber. Um, so same processing, quality control standards, um, things like that, but that it can be, has different properties that make it more uh, applicable or better suited um, for certain applications. So if you can like give us a, a digestible, um, like what does that, does that mean? Is it, is it, if we were to compare at a high level Dyneema Diamond um, and the Dyneema uh, that everybody thinks of and knows and, and loves and is uh, near and dear to our hearts, um, is diamond, uh, is it higher in tinsel, lower in abrasion or vice versa, like a high level, uh, performance com comparison, how do they compare? Yeah. So, so Dyneema diamond, uh, was, was mainly brought to the market or primarily brought to the market for our cut resistant business, right? That was while, you know, way, that, that was the initial development that we, that we did and we brought it into the glove and sleeve market. And what we've seen in, in those markets in particular is we're able to get lower weight. Um, like, for instance, if you put on a, a, a Dyneema glove, for instance, or a sleeve, you can actually feel the difference in the weights by going with a Dyneema diamond, but actually increase your cut resistance. So if you're looking it's for a, yeah, so it's a lighter, higher performing product, okay. right? So and some of our diamond materials, we can get up to a cut level four, which is pretty high and actually not use any sort of reinforcements like steel or fiberglass or basalt or tungsten or anything like that. So it's a very interesting technology. It's a proprietary technology that we, that we make. And we are looking at diamond in apparel or maybe not necessarily apparel, but, but fabric applications outside of composites, right? So we've always sure. had it. We've always used it. We've always been very, very happy. And it's been a very big growing part of our business in our glove and sleeve markets, but we're actually looking at it now in uh, blended fabrics with Dyneema. Yeah. So, and one of the one of the interesting things about Phoenix, uh, well, not Phoenix, but it's our diamond technology. That was an internal word, but our diamond technology is it, it's you you've got the ability to actually make it bio based. It actually allows you to have a little lower weight on the fabric. We can go a little lower on the actual denier size, so it allows for a little lighter weight fabric. You do not lose any abrasion resistance, so it's got some pretty good abrasion properties. Um, okay. Your tenacity levels are a little bit lower uh -huh. uh, in, in comparison to your, your typical SK75s or SK62s, which is the original Dyneema. Um, but you're still getting very high tears and tensile strengths and things like that. So, um, and the one thing that we've seen as well is when you use diamond fiber in blended woven fabrics, you actually are able to coat fabrics a little easier. Um, it actually a better adhesion to the fabrics a little bit better, yeah. but it also has the ability to dye a little easier. Um, Dyneema, gonna... you know, is not an easy product to dye, as sure. everybody knows. Yeah. It basically comes in black and white. So we're actually looking at diamond in some of these other fabrics for piece dyed fabrics in particular. And we're actually seeing that it can actually dye a little bit easier. Um, gotcha. The good thing about the diamond is that it can be marketed as diamond technology. It can also, it is also bio-based as we talked about. It also is, you know, Okatex compliant. It's Prop 65 compliant. It's food grade compliant. It's all kinds of- I didn't of know it was Okatex. Compliant. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So it, it's a very, very interesting fiber um, that we're really looking at. And the good thing of it's made in Asia. So our price and our is a little better in terms of producing it. Oh, so you nice. actually have a pretty nice little um, nice price price point there with, with diamond technology. Okay. So if I could, I'm going to try to parse through that just a little bit and pull out some, some highlights, right? Um, so it sounds like you're saying that the Dyneema diamond as compared to regular Dyneema SK75, um, what's being used in, in Dyneema composite and other things like that right now. Um, if you were to compare, uh, the diamond is maybe a little bit lower on tensile, but you're not losing anything on, on abrasion. And like, right. Well, you're a little low on tenacity, a little lower tenacity, yeah, but tenacity. your tensile strengths and your tear strengths are going to be pretty comparable along with abrasion. Gotcha. Okay. But at a lower price point, little lower price lower point. Price point. Um, now the one thing about, and, and Keith can speak to more on the composite side, but we, we do not, we aren't necessarily using diamond technology in composite fabrics where we're really seeing an opportunity is in the blended woven or knit fabrics. Mm -hmm. That's where we really see a, a, a very good opportunity because a lot of those fabrics are going to be piece dyed. They're going to be coated. They're going to, you know, you know, laminated. There's a lot of different things that you can do to those fabrics. Mm -hmm. And we think that diamond based on the price points, as well as the performance and, you know, a lot of different certifications and, and, uh, and some of that, that, what it brings to the table is very exciting. So where my head goes with that is, you know, like the people that are buying uh, Dyneema composite, mostly from us, we talked about 2.92 and 5.0, um, mm -hmm. using it in things like bags and accessories and uh, backpacks, right? Um, where you, you don't need the necessarily the highest tenacity that you can possibly get that you can possibly squeeze out of it right so if you can have a, a fiber um, that's used to make you know either the the composite possibly down the road or a, a blended um woven with dyneema diamond um sounds like you're you're getting the same abrasion for a lower price point but all the same benefits of uh, dyneema and um, the work that you guys have put in over the years Keith, you want to address the composite side? Yeah, like William is saying, at, at this moment, we're not looking at it for the, the composites. I mean, it has some interesting properties, okay. um, but first you're going to see it in uh, woven fabrics, um, definitely is, is where, where that's in the lead um, for now. Got it. Yeah, and it's not to say, Kyle, that we, we won't look at some of this some of these different fibers in composites. Um, but, you know, we've developed some very, very nice composite materials that work really, really well, you know, in terms of history, but also, you know, performance and, and you know, really the market likes them. We don't want to kind of rock the boat in, in terms of making something new um, from that standpoint yet. Sure. We, want to, we want to make sure that we have got the blended fabrics, we see the performance, we, we get a history, we want to make sure the quality is there, we want to make sure everything is good, and then we may look at that down the line in terms of composites. Makes sense. Blended first. You know the composite fabrics, they're very uh, optimized on lightweight yeah. and high strength. So we kind of, uh, and you get that with the SK type fibers. Um, but but the, the diamond fibers do have some interesting properties, maybe it'll come along uh, uh, one day, but yeah, certainly the woven fabrics are in the lead there. Man, that's so exciting. 
it's just this, like opening up this Pandora's box, or that, but in a good way, right? Um, to have more knobs basically on the on the table that you know you can start turning to uh, use different fibers to create uh, application specific fabrics, even more so, right? Um, so it's it's really exciting. That that's exactly right. No, that's exactly right. And and speaking to the wovens, um, that's you know one of one of the more exciting things that we're doing at DSM right now uh, under our Dyneema umbrella. Um, you know, we really feel like we've got a, a, a very interesting future with blended Dyneema fabrics. Um, Dyneema brings a lot to the table in terms of you know low weight, high strength. Um, it, it really brings a lot. Uh, in terms of performance to a lot of different fibers. There's a lot of great fibers out there. I, mean, I grew up in the textile business and I've worked with cotton and, and you know, uh, polyesters and nylons and corduras. There's a lot of great fibers out there. And when you combine those kind of properties, you know, Tencel is a great example with lensing. Um, when you combine those kind of properties that they have and combine the properties of what Dyneema can bring to the table in terms of strength, uh, to weight ratio, then you, you, a low, you know, a low percentage of Dyneema, anywhere from 5% to 50%, maybe, you know, depending on what application you're going for, really brings some interesting things to the table. And we've got some really, really good manufacturers that have developed some very nice fabrics um, that go into anything from apparel to workwear to performance uh, apparel to luggage, to backpacks, to, I mean, you name it, there are plenty of different ways that we can utilize these kind of fabrics, depending on what markets you, you know, you're participating in. Makes sense. That's all extremely exciting. Fabrics woven with Dyneema is the takeaway. Very exciting. If I can uh, speak to our manufacturing partners. Um, so, so you've started hearing about our, our premium manufacturing partners. These are actually companies that we've been working with for a long time, but kind of been keeping in our, keeping them in our back pocket as a back pocket, a yeah. potential people that uh, we could develop things with. Um, you know, at this moment, we're sort of giving them up uh, to the industry, making their fabrics more available. They're certainly developing some very interesting things and they'll keep developing interesting things. Um, I think the first one that you guys saw already and, and have sold is the melange fabric. Yes. Um, and I, I saw your video on that, you know, even that one has super high cut resistance, super strong, super abrasion resistant. Yeah, that's so crazy. There, there's more fabrics like that on its way. Yeah, and, and to add what Keith said, um, just another interesting example of how you can utilize uh, even diamond technology that we've been speaking to already, but even our regular Dyneema as well, is uh, you know using it in the warp direction as a staple product, for instance, right? So you take you can take a filament Dyneema, you can chop it into 38, 48 millimeter staple fiber, actually use that in the warp direction, but also use a filament either SK product or your regular Dyneema or a diamond technology in the filling direction uh. to add cut resistance. So you can actually add a true, have a true reinforced fabric that's going to add so much overall strength in terms of tensile tears and abrasion, but then also add an element of cut resistance. Now, obviously, you'd have to test it and determine how much cut resistance, but filament Dyneema is extremely 
extremely does extremely well against cut resistance. So you can develop these fabrics, you know, in, in whatever market you're going after, and you can kind of kind of put Dyneema where you need it to get the maximum performance. I love it. There is a commonly used phrase floating around for generic UHMWPEs. And one thing I want to ask you all to sort of start to tackle is what sets Dyneema apart from other fabrics? Because other fabrics can be UHMWPE, but they're not all Dyneema. How does Dyneema separate itself from other ultra PE fabrics? Keith, you want to start? Yeah, I'll take that one. So yeah, obviously you have the Dyneema brand, right? So we have this uh, strong, uh, recognized, well-recognized uh, brand of Dyneema, um, right? And and I, I think this conversation, it's easier to talk about what we are versus, uh, you know, what the other people are or aren't. So yeah, just from, from our side. So you, you have our strong brand, uh, you have mm-hmm. our sustainability where we have bio-based, all these certifications for Okatex, uh, Prop 35, food certified. Do you mean it didn't um, just fall off the back of a truck somewhere? <laughs> right? Is that what we're talking no, about here? Not. Okay. Um, you've got it, it made with renewable energy. Um, also looking at product quality and consistency. Um, and then, you know, our innovation to kind of round all that story out where, where, um, you know, we are fully backwards, uh, uh, compatible with our supply chain to say, you know, we have control of these raw materials where we can develop new fibers, um, with new additives or higher strengths. Um, and then we have, uh, the support to develop, uh, fabrics, um, and, and really have this strong innovation culture. Um, and, and that defines what Dyneema is, sort of all those little components you put together. Yeah, and to add to that, that was great. Um, a couple of things that I think are important as well is we've established a, a very interesting supply chain um, where you've got brands, for instance, that can actually source or produce garments from whatever region you're in. If it's Asia, if it's Europe, if it's the U.S., if it's down south in the CAFTA regions, We've got supply chains set up to give you the same consistent product worldwide. Um, our other products as consistent. Um, you know, it's 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 something that we're very proud of, and we work very very hard. Um, you know, to be able to give you that consistency and innovation worldwide. So, in an oversimplified sense, too much so I can't I can't break it down. But to, to break that down for people that may not know all the areas of DSM. And, and of Dyneema, the pedigree and the consistency that you all bring is, is hard to match. Not, you know, other people, it, it's very hard to reach the level of research and the time that you have spent putting into Dyneema fibers, but also it's incredibly hard to duplicate Dyneema fibers over many regions of the world to get the exact same product. That's, that, is that a good enough way to yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're very, our manufacturing is amazing. I mean, they're, they're, they're very technologically driven. The plants are immaculate. Um, you know, we take very much, very, very, we take pride in, in our manufacturing capabilities. We are constantly looking for new innovations. We're constantly looking at different markets where Dyneema can participate. We, we you know, we've been very careful to work with the proper fabric manufacturers, it be it knit or woven or composites, 
to be able to produce fabrics that can we can really show the brands. Our competitors, all they have is a spool of, of fiber. We're out there really showing what kind of innovation and what kind of partnerships we have around the world to produce very innovative type fabrics. Um, I think that's super important where if you sit in front of a brand, a, a, big, a big brand and say, okay, here, look at these different things that you can do with it, be it footwear, apparel, backpacks, luggage, uh, tents, I mean, you name it. it. It's whatever market you want to come come back with. We have got partners and, and manufacturers that can develop the right product for your markets. And we have numerous different Dyneema fiber grades available to meet those needs. If it's a lighter weight Dyneema, if it's a heavier weight Dyneema, if it's a diamond technology, or if it's, if it's a, sustain, a sustainable story. We have a lot of different things that we can put together as a full package working all the way from the brand back to the fiber level um, and really develop nice programs regionally. Um, if brands want to make something in the U.S., you know, fabric made in this region, as well as um, product made down in, uh, you know, the CAFTA regions, then we have the ability and the supply chain to give them a consistent Dyneema product uh, whenever they need it. So for makers at home, it's sort of like saying you could get this is not a paid sponsor. You could get generic tissues or you can get Kleenex, <laughs> but there's Kleenex with lotion yeah. in it or with, you know, special things that give you a specific application for the best thing for the job, not just really strong fiber. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Or something that I'm seeing a lot, I should say on, on the market. And I know you guys have seen it too, right? Is people referring to UHMWPE as, oh, it's just unbranded Dyneema. Like it's the same thing. It's just unbranded. Um, and Dyneema is just sticking their name on it or whatever the case may be. Like that's the one that comes to mind for me. Like UHMWP is generic or is, you know, is unbranded Dyneema. Um, sounds like you're saying that those words are not correct. No, there's a lot more to it than just that. Um, a, a lot of our competitors are very price driven, as you can imagine. Um, and so we, we feel like we bring more to the table as an organization and as, as, as support for, for brands. Um, we have done the innovation. We have got the supply chain set up. We are constantly looking at new and innovative ways to, to grow uh, Dyneema into new markets. Um, as stated before, it, you know, the sustainability story is one of the bigger things that differentiates, differentiates us from our competitors. Um, and if you could see the carbon footprint difference between us and our other competitors, you would be amazed. Um, so no, it's not just, you know, a generic same as Dyneema. No, that's not how, how it's made. That's not, to that's add not what it means. To everything that you're saying there, just so I make sure that, that I have the correct information too. There's also, in addition to the bio-based and the traceability, um, the manufacturing, um, the innovation there, there is a performance difference as well. I should throw consistency at that. I was trying to hit all the bullet points. Mm -hmm. I think I missed consistency, but there, no, I just want to call <laughs> out that there is a performance difference. You see, um, we do see some differences in the market, depending on the market you're in. We do see some differences in the competitive products versus ours. Um, we are able to get a lot of robust numbers, um, you know, versus some of the competitive products out there. I see. Thank you. So we've we've talked this thing up uh, kind of a lot, and I think in all legitimate ways. But this we are we're showing the users and the makers how amazing this can be. 
but it, it takes a while for it to get to our conversation to the sewing tables. What does this look like time-wise? When can the community, the making community expect to start to see the effects of Dyneema Diamond and, uh, and those, those newer technologies coming out into the market? Well, the good thing is, is that we are already and have already developed quite a few fabrics with our premier, premium manufacturing partners. Um, they have been absolutely wonderful. They have developed numerous different uh, products on the natural side. And when I say natural, I'm thinking hemp, tensile, um, cottons, polycottons, and so forth. So we've got a lot of natural fibers that are able to combine with Dyneema. We've also developed a lot of synthetic blends as well, from polyester to nylon to corduras. So we have developed a lot of fabrics already that are already available today. Uh, which is great news. Um, so we're very excited about what's been developed already and what we're looking at. Now, we're in the process of looking at some of the diamond technology in, uh, in those applications now. Um, and it, I would say probably early next year, uh, first quarter of 2022, we should be able to have those conversations and show, uh, show the market some of, these, some of these products made with some of the diamond technology. Keith, you want to add something to that or is that? Yeah, I think what I see as, as well happening is, uh, you know, the, the composite fabrics really had a heritage in uh, high-end sailcloth, right? And that's where it started with real uh, heavyweight uh, materials. And, um, you know, we really needed that, that drive of these uh, expensive uh, materials where, where we then could play uh, and develop these lighter weight materials that then eventually found its way into to tents and backpacks. Um, I a little bit see a parallel there with uh, what's happening with Team DSM and uh, the, the cycling uh, fabrics being developed where um, yes, at this moment, they're, they're very expensive, um, small volumes being produced uh, in some cases, um, but they're coming up with some really uh, interesting fabrics, um, some interesting stretch fabrics, um, and, and there's some, some work that's happening there with the mills to really learn how to work with Dyneema and uh, get up to speed with that. And then I, I really think we'll start seeing in the next couple of years that that sort of technology and know-how then trickling down into fabrics that are more relevant. So I think there's some question about like, you know, why are you guys making a cycling shorts or something like this? But, you know, it's all, it's all interconnected there. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. And, and what's, what's exciting is, is the fact that, that Dyneema and these manufacturers, they know how to work with all of these fibers. Um, and so blending them and, and, and getting the quality and the consistency and the innovation, I mean, they are really, really good at this. So, you know, DSM as a company, we really vetted these companies very, very well, um, just from an overall capability standpoint. Um, and so what we've developed so far, I have been very impressed with. Um, you know, we've really looked at certain markets and it's like Keith said, we started here, but we've also you know, ventured into a lot of different fabrics in terms of weight. You know, we make fabrics anywhere from, say, 8% Dyneema all the way to 100% Dyneema, depending on the markets you're looking for. So, you know, the best way to handle it would be if you've got ripstop by the roll customers that are interested in certain markets, if they're saying, hey, can we get into this market? Can I get into the luggage business? Can I, what about this backpack fabric? What about this weight, color? You know, that's where you, they go to you guys and say, 
hey, this is what we're wanting to do. Is there a way to get there? And that's where you come to us and say, have you guys developed a fabric that would do this, that will, will perform this way? In this weight, this color, this uh, abrasion resistance, tensile tear strengths, tenacities, all the strength numbers that you can give us. Um, and we can more than likely or have already developed a fabric that may work into those applications. So it's really a communication between your customer um, back to the fiber producer, which is us. And then we get you guys in touch with the right premium manufacturing partner to develop the right, either develop the right fabric or show a current product that's already been developed that may work in those applications. This question is is off the outline, but I'm personally very intrigued. So we can take it out if we have to. But my favorite stretch mesh on the market is stretch mesh with Dyneema. Everybody knows the backpacks easily rips, the the reach around pocket. It's always the, the most flimsy fabric on the external side of your pack. So that stretch mesh stands out. But yeah, it's kind of the classic question. How do you get Dyneema to stretch? So is there, Keith, you might know, is there anything you can tell us that's not trade secret and how you get Dyneema to stretch or to be an active fabric like that? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Dyneema doesn't stretch. So so that one's a, a tricky one. Um, they're, they're wrapping Dyneema around a, an elastic fiber. Um, so you're building in sort of this extra length of Dyneema along that that material. Now, like I said earlier with the cycling shorts, it gets really tricky because in early on with those fabrics when they're developed, they sort of, they were shrinking and then you get these really hard bumps of Dyneema and, and you might still see that occasionally in those fabrics. But yeah, the the they're to the point with now with some of the cycling fabrics that they're just, you know, smooth and, and really nice feeling. Um, so yeah, it is. So you're saying, Keith, it's kind of like uh, almost like a spring. Think, yeah, you're wrapping you know, the Dyneema, some, something like that coiled around. Dyneema is coiled around polyester or, uh, yeah. or nylon yeah, core. Exactly. Yeah, and, and to add to that, Kyle, um, that's one of the big things that we're, we, you know, the manufacturing base that we've got that's producing these fabrics, they know how to make stretch Dyneema. Um, you know, fa- or let me, let me rephrase that fabrics, fabric stretch with Dyneema. Um, so either knits or woven. So uh, yes, you can go mechanical stretch or you can go something with a spandex type prop. Well, stretch is very important. And you just, you know, on the, on our apparel side in particular, where we're really making a big, big push into the workwear, performance apparel, those kind of applications, comfort stretch is going to be very, very important. Um, so most of the fabrics that we're developing now actually have that mechanical or spandex or at least that comfort stretch aspect. For those of you that do not follow cycling, I will link that in the show notes because they're, the, the classics just happened and there have been some gnarly crashes in road cycling. And it's, uh, it's fascinating to watch most of these cycling kits. I mean, these are incredibly lightweight, incredibly stretchy fabrics that will absolutely, they rip at kind of the easiest thing. So people are flying down the road going 37 miles an hour, you hit the deck normally your clothes just rip off. It sounds horrible and you get horrible abrasion. And the team DSM is one of the, on the, the pro tour now. And it's wild to see how their, their kits react. So it, it's fascinating to see if you ever worn cycling gear, or have you ever seen anybody wear cycling gear? It's not forgiving. Like, you know, it's have a skin tight and right. it's incredibly <laughs> stretchy. So to see something that that strong and that stretchy is kind of mind blowing. That's really cool. Yeah. We're, we're proud of DSM. That team DSM is a very interesting one. Um, that's been very exciting for us. 
Very good. So we've gone over a, a lot of different like exciting things and we have Dyneema versus Dyneema Diamond and, and how those, uh, those two differ and how they're going to go into fabrics, new fabrics, um, a lot of wovens with Dyneema, um, a lot of like really, really cool stuff. Um, but I also want to look at some of the things like let's address some of the things with DSM head on that have been, let's say, less than ideal, or let's just call it what it is, problems, right? So, you know, a, one thing that we could say is that we have, like to think that we have our, our finger on the, the pulse of the marketplace um, somewhat in, in the community that we serve, DIYers and small business owners. Um, and one of the problems has been just to put all the cards on the table that you can't get the, the fabric, right? That it's been tough to get the supply. It's, it's not available. Um, right. So, you know, we've talked about some things that, um, for me, it comes down to, to price. And I think for a lot of other people, and I, and I want to, you know, I'm speaking to, uh, to everyone, uh, everyone that's listening, right. This is not, I don't want this to come off as, um, you know, I think we would be doing a disservice to our community if we said, okay, rah, 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 rah. And then we didn't look at the other side and how, where there's room for improvement. Cause there's always room for improvement. Right. So I look at two things, price and availability. I think that really boils down to the bulk of the frustrations um, amongst the community. So if you guys could, albeit uh, maybe a, a little bit of an uncomfortable topic, you know, can you speak to, uh, we've touched on some of the price um, and, and knobs that are coming online there, um, but what about availability? You know, how are we going to get how are people going to get their hands on the product? I could speak to the composite fabric side because I'm, you know, on the on the ground floor here in Mesa. Um, yeah, I was going to say Keith may be the perfect person to answer this. Yeah, so I mean, let's just talk about price first. You know, maybe a disadvantage right off the bat, but the composite fabrics are made in the USA. So um, compared to a fabric made in Asia, you know, we're, we're um, challenge with, you know, with paying the, the people to make it. And, and we're using obviously the most expensive, uh, some of the most expensive fiber or film uh, that you can put into a fabric. So the, the, the labor, the raw materials um, being made in the U.S., all these things add up uh, to being a very expensive fabric. Um, as far as the, the capacity goes, it feels like every time we take a step to add capacity, it's it's full. <laughs> like we've we've been uh, sold out for for quite a long time. Um, uh, we're we are starting another shift, so so that's getting going. Um, are you no, guys running? So will that make you three shifts? Are you running twenty four hours a day? Or right. So now we're, now we're doing two shifts. Two so shifts. Two full shifts. Going up to to three shifts. Um, and, you know, of course, with COVID, uh, the thought was to start that earlier, but uh, getting uh, people hired on and people that are willing to, to stay around has been a difficulty. Um, but yeah, we are getting a, sure. a third shift going to expand capacity. And then, the, yeah, the thought is at a certain moment that, that the cost uh, should, be, should come down as you sort of fill up all of this uh, uh, production capacity uh, and fill up the building <laughs> with production. So, you know, got it. Yeah. And, and also, Kyle, uh, we've seen some improvements. We, we've made um, like like you said, we've made some personnel changes out there. We're adding people. 
Um, we put some investment into the business, quite a bit of investment um, into the business in Mesa. So we are seeing some improvements over the last month or two in terms of overall capacity. So we're heading in the right direction. So what I can say is be patient with us. We are addressing it. We are very well aware of the lead times and, and the availability issues. Keith's team out there is working extremely hard to, to get that into a better position. Yeah. Um, and 2022 is going to be a much better, much better when it comes to capacity and availability. Well, and I mean, so. honestly, and I think I'm speaking for the listeners and for myself, it's, it's really good to just hear that directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Um, and to establish that connection, uh, where you know, I think it, it may be, uh, lacking in, in, in sometimes, right? Like, uh, DSM is, is, is sort of off in the castle, um, so to speak. And, uh, right. there's not that connection. So, um, it's, it's, it's really important, I think, um, to hear that coming from you guys and for everyone that's listening at home, um, to wherever you are, um, to, uh, to know that it's something that you're working on um, and that you're moving Absolutely. in the right direction. Um, I can say that for, for us and for Ripstop by the Roll, uh, we are looking at making significant, uh, significantly larger investments um, in Dyneema um, and things like keeping higher inventory levels, expanding um, the, the number of SKUs that, that we carry, in particular with uh, wovens with Dyneema and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's great. Thank you for. Yeah. And, and we're very sensitive to the situation, believe me, because, uh, you know, you guys and, and, and other parts of our other customers, um, we hear it. Right. I mean, we, we and we're not immune to, to hearing the hearing what's going on. Right. So our business just exploded. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have in terms of being sold out, being completely at full capacity. But we are looking at ways to increase that capacity. So definitely, definitely going to be important for us going into 2022. I think a lot of makers heard the idea of there being a Dyneema shortage. So hearing this from you all about new stuff, hearing about how you're growing your production, hearing about new things to come in a timeline, I think they're really excited because they heard that and they wanted to go find a, a replacement for whatever they were using uh, for right. in the past. So to hear that, I think has got to be confidence inducing for them and exciting because it's new products from Dyneema and why would anybody not want that? <laughs> well, that, that's right. And, and, you know, one thing that we've done in Keith's team in, in Mesa have done an amazing job is really, really figuring out ways to improve, improve that capacity and improve those lead times um, we hear the market, believe me, this market is very important to us. Um, you know, Ripstop by the Roll in particular is one of our very best customers. You guys do a tremendous amount of business with us and we want to continue to support the market and we're going to do everything we can to, to, to do that going into 2022. Keith, I have a technical question for you that I sort of asked for the makers themselves. But on our last episode with you all, we talked to Pedo, and one of the questions was, why is Dyneema shrinking? Quotes around shrinking, right? It, it's a composite. So he kind of gave us the example, like a dollar bill or a piece of paper, how you never get it back to the same size. A lot of us aren't technical experts, <laughs> myself included. Uh, my fabric experience is, is limited. It's you know everything that we have, but I don't know the, the, the breakdown. These new wovens with Dyneema, could people expect the same 
again, quotes around shrinking phenomenon, or are these going to act very differently from a, from a composite, like a 5.0 for a 2.92, like a PAX, something like that? Would people expect something very different on some of these newer wovens? Yeah, the, the woven fabrics, we don't see the same level of shrinkage as the composite fabrics. Um, like that, that dollar bill effect uh, that Peto described, um, with the composite fabrics, the starting point there is this very smooth, um, you know, we've laminated and squished it with some very high pressure. Uh, and so as soon as you uh, crinkle that, um, it shrunk and it's really has shrunk permanently. <laughs> like, like that example uh, with the dollar bill, like you, you're never going to iron and that's out literally just the again. path that one has to travel from edge to edge on a piece of fabric, right? You put a crease in it and now it's not a straight line. Am right. I yeah, exactly. understanding that correctly? Yeah. Okay. And so the, the woven fabrics are a lot more forgiving. Uh, you know, the, the Dyneema fiber is very flexible and, and soft fiber. So we've not seen the same type of, of shrinkage with more like the woven fabrics. I was imagining a cycling top becoming a crop top eventually. I didn't think that was a good look. <laughs> No, you won't see that. <laughs> no, no, the way the way they develop these fabrics, you're going to see, you know, very little in terms of shrinkage like that. So you, awesome. you this is so exciting. You guys asked us a qu tough question. Can I turn the tables a little bit here? <laughs> sure. So I just wanted to get a update if you could tell us and the listeners how you guys are doing with printing uh, continuous rolls of the composite fabrics. Sure, I can take that one. Um, that's please, please, please do actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, okay, I'll, 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 no, I mean, that's something that we've been working on for a while. Um, and, um, I would say that if I had to just a strong jump straight to it, I would say we're probably 80% there. Um, and we know how to, to get the last 20. Um, we could already do, we could do it now. Um, but I uh, speaking to COVID and related, uh, strife and, and, and things like that um, with uh, staffing. And in particular, what I'm leading to is we're in the process of building a new facility. Um, so we're currently in 12,000 square feet uh, with a 5,000 square foot uh, annex, but we're moving into a Balta building. It's 40,000 square feet uh, and it's being completely redone and constructed inside um, from the ground up for us. Um, it has a print room it has a cut and calendar and heat press room. Um, but all that's to say that we're kind of waiting to, to get into, to that space. Um, and that was supposed to happen originally supposed to happen in July. Uh, then it was August and then it was, <laughs> yeah. And now obviously it's October 5th. Um, but that's supposed to happen next month. Right. So um, the that's answer good. to your question is that we know how to do it. It's a really, really exciting thing. We are uh, putting the pieces in place um, to be able to hit the ground running with that uh, in the new facility. When we move in, fingers crossed, in about 30 days. So that's great news. And, and you know, we definitely will support you as well. I mean, we want to help, you know, promote that. Also, because I think that is something that's very unique and very different and could be very exciting. Yeah, we, we get a lot of uh, pressure from customers about, you know, can we get new colors or a specific color of something? So if we could uh, tell them, hey, these guys at Ripstop have it figured out, uh, you can go buy it from them. That would be awesome. So <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah, it sounds sounds pretty okay to uh, to us as well. As well. We're, uh, oh, yeah. we're excited about it. 
all right with it, I guess. <laughs> thanks for yeah, thanks yeah, for shooting yeah. the tables thanks on us too, Keith. Hey, I like that. So now that you guys have an ear to all the makers, cottage vendors, people out there, everything we've said is going to go to them and, and they'll appreciate all of it. But if you had one thing, maybe individually, one thing that you wanted to share with either somebody at home making their own backpack to go hike the Appalachian Trail or a cottage company making a tent for somebody to go do the Colorado Trail, what would you tell them right now if they wanted to get a brief moment in the ear of, of, of Dyneema? Keith, you can go, you can go first. Uh, yeah, I, the way I would answer that question, I think, is more geared towards fabrics. But you see we have such a variety of fabrics that you can choose from, uh, from different weights, um, different strengths. And uh, the, there are certainly trade-offs to consider there. So maybe for the DIY person, it's, it, it, it's hard to work your way through that. You know, which fabric do I choose? But certainly, you know, when, when you look at the lightest weight fabric, maybe you're getting giving up some on uh, the abrasion or durability. So, you know, we see if, if you're struggling with that, maybe try to move into something a little bit uh, heavier, can help you with uh, durability or strength or tear strength. Um, but you'll see that also with some of the woven fabrics come out. You know, a lot of these, you know, will be awesome for certain applications, but maybe you're trying to fit it too much into something that uh, uh, doesn't necessarily work for it. And, you know, we can um, have that conversation with you and along with uh, Ripstop uh, to help you answer those questions like, will this fabric work in, in that application um, as you would expect it to? We can certainly help with that. Yeah, and to add to that, I, I would say that I think 2022 is going to be an exciting time for not only DSM, but also Ripstop by the role. I think we, we're going to be growing our relationship even more. Um, we're going to be working directly hand in hand with these guys, showing them all kinds of new innovations and new fabrics and new wovens and knits. And, and obviously we're, we're, we're pushing really hard on the composites and improving lead times and, and availability. Um, we really just wanted to get out to you guys that we're not only just a fiber, um, we're not just a filament fiber. Um, we are really more than that. We're big on sustainability, but we're also big on making sure that we've got the supply chain set up and we can develop a product to fit your needs. Um, so don't think of DSM just as fiber, Dyneema fiber. Look at us as a, as a true source um, for what you're looking to achieve in, in your markets. That is so exciting. I'm so pumped for that. Kyle, you got any uh, final wrap-up questions? Anything like that? Uh, no, I don't think I have any, no questions. I mean, I think that uh, Keith and, and William sums it up well. They're, you know, they're uh, pushing forward on a history of, of innovation and that we're looking forward to, um, to doing more things uh, together in, in the coming year. And it's going to be exciting. Thanks for sharing some time with us, with the makers, the cottage vendors. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, going over this outline. We really appreciate everything that you spent with us today. Well, we appreciate it. And we thank you and all of your customers. And, and we, we appreciate all the, you know, all the dedication and all the, you know, just the, just the commitment that you guys have made, you know, to Dyneema. And we're going to do everything we can, can to support that, you know, growing, you know, going forward. If you need anything from this end, let us know. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We'll speak soon. Thanks, all right. Thank you guys.